Hi, and thanks for hitting the snooze button. My name is Neil Headley. First episode of a new year after a few weeks off, driven in part by the holiday season and in part by a flu that turned our house into a festive holiday petri dish. Uh, We're all up and around again around here and ready to tackle the next phase of this project. So if you're new to the snooze button, here's very quickly what you need to know about me. Because I've been doing morning television and radio for more than three decades, it means I haven't had a good night's sleep since about 1989. So I'm turning myself into a laboratory experiment to try to fix it. And hopefully by joining me on my search for answers, you find something that works for you as well. The first batch of episodes dealt almost exclusively with neuroscientists and sleep researchers, helping me get to the bottom of the root causes of my sleep problems. But now we turn to a phase that brings high achievers and celebrities to the table as well. They give their tips to me. I turn around and try those things myself for a couple of weeks at a time. And I share the data from my sleep tracker with you to see which things are actually having an impact. And hopefully I help you separate the wheat from the chaff and help you avoid wasting time on snake oil, if you know what I'm saying. This week's episode reunites two of Canada's all-time favorite morning radio hosts. Aaron Davis and Mike Cooper owned Canadian morning radio for about a decade. They've both been away from morning radio for a few years, but you'll hear why I thought it would be a good idea to pick their brains. They were at the absolute top of their game. What was interesting as we did this interview is that even though they've both been away from morning radio for a few years and haven't really spent all that much time in front of microphones together over the last few years, they haven't lost a beat and and could step into a morning show someplace tomorrow. They're that good. Uh, But I want to get into the details of their sleep, how their careers evolved, because mornings, at least for one of them, was not always their chosen day part. And so mornings became an adjustment. And then we find out how they've adjusted since they stepped away from morning microphones as well. Without any further ado, Aaron Davis and Mike Cooper. Okay, I'm going to start you both with the same question that everybody on the show gets, whether you are a world-class neuroscientist or the lead guitarist from a rock band. Everyone gets the same first question, uh, and I'll let you flip a coin to decide who answers first. How did you sleep last night? (laughs) Well, isn't that an interesting question? Uh, I slept uh, very well. We had a, a turkey dinner, and uh, I haven't had a home-cooked meal in a very long time, and it was magnificent here. We're in uh, Palm Springs. Uh, Aaron has a place uh, here, and we just had uh, the most magnificent dinner. And right around 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. I s- started to fade, and then I started to fall asleep. <laughs> and, but God, up at six o'clock this morning. Yeah, he did. And, uh, and, and, and when he goes, he's really asleep because we were unloading the dishwasher, watching TV and stuff. So yeah, I slept pretty well. Our dog was coughing in the night. So, uh, that kind of kept us awake, but I, I got a usual about seven hours and, and I really strive for eight or more. That's what my retirement is about. I, I left for sleep country, quite literally, not a plug, just where I want to be. Well, and we'll get into the realities of seven or eight hours of sleep in in a sec. I want to kind of bring some context to why the two of you have been on my mind a bunch lately. Uh, It was because of an episode of this show. It was about four weeks ago now uh, where I was chatting with Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt from Mad About You. Wow. We talked about this idea of 
one one of the things that made their show work and makes the reboot of the show work. And they both talked about how important it was that you had two main characters that obviously liked each other, loved each other, respected each other. Each one thought the other one was funny and they weren't afraid, though, because of that basis of friendship between the two of them. They weren't afraid to take shots. They weren't afraid to give each other a, all in fun an elbow in the face from time to time to put it into hockey parlance. And when I was teaching broadcasting, I would tell my students that your show uh, in Toronto was the best embodiment of that mad about you sort of approach to two strong lead characters that I had ever heard on radio before. And Helen Hunt at the time strenuously agreed how important it was to have that kind of chemistry, but she said you can't create that. That either exists or it doesn't. What are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. It's so funny that you're bringing this up because I was just reading an article last night about the Today Show in the Matt Lauer years because, of course, the morning show on Apple TV is so big. And by the way, before I forget to say, the Mad About You reboot, which we get down here on Spectrum because it's something they did especially for the Spectrum satellite cable system, is fantastic. And the reason, again, is because... Right there, Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt have picked up where they left off with this back and forth and that indescribable thing that everybody strives for called chemistry. And what the Today Show article was telling me was that it's about trust and the trust that if you don't have it with a co-host and I had it with Mike and I didn't have it with my previous co-host and I didn't have it with the co-host afterward. Just that trust that if you muck up, I'm going to be there. I'm either going to laugh at you or I'm going to laugh with you or I'm going to save you. Yeah, or I'm um, going to laugh, you know. Yeah. I'm just going to kick you while you're down. <laughs> and I'm going to be, you know what? It, it's knowing that you're fine with that and that, that you've both got each other's back. And that really, truly, it's like the basis of a marriage friendship has to come first. Yeah, we had a game plan uh, before, you know, m- most bits. But there were times when the bit wasn't working and and then suddenly somebody would just magically change the subject. And we were better on our feet rather than from the page itself. And so when we were uh, when we got to ad lib and be real people ourselves, that's when the chemistry actually happened. So I would purposely sabotage the show sometimes (laughs) to get back to that where we felt the most comfortable, where we thought we were the most funny. And, but we never forgot there was an audience out there. We always, always, always remembered there was somebody out there listening and we tried our very, very best to entertain them every single day. Yeah. What's in it for the listener? You know, just it's not some circle jerk in a studio where we're all making each other laugh and having inside jokes because that there's nothing worse than being on the outside of a joke. You you really feel like you're missing something or that they don't even want you to be part of it. So, uh, yeah. You know, the chemistry you have, you know, with you, with your wife or your boyfriend or whoever, and, and you've been together for a little while and you just know from a look. Many times I knew what was going to happen or, you know, or things were going to change just by the look. And so we really didn't even have to put your hand up and say, I have something to say. It was just eye contact. And that was that was wonderful, especially when we were on remote and there were so many people around and so many distractions. And all I had to do was look at her and she looked at me and I said, "Okay, we're changing this. Here we go. (laughs) That's right. It reminds me of those moments on The Carol Burnett Show. 
you know, where you knew yes. there was a script, you knew there was a story they were supposed to be following, but you just knew that sometimes Harvey Corman had decided, you know what, I'm just going to mess with this for a minute and see where it goes. Uh, uh, that's right. That's a, that's a great analogy. That's exactly what we were we were doing. And I felt very comfortable with Aaron uh, doing that. So she's actually a great ad libber, you know, mm -hmm. and she's she's very, very, very smart, like stupid smart. <laughs> I'm clever, but she's smart and clever. I'm just clever. Well, and so uh, it was just it was really wonderful. You know, I'm, I went to I went to high school. I, I graduated, you know, in the bottom of my class. But uh, I enjoyed entertaining people. And that was kind of the fun part is that I enjoyed getting up in front of people, but I really didn't have the vast knowledge that Aaron has. So I could always count on her knowledge and this incredible brain. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It was just just like, oh, would you stop it? Oh, <laughs> this is nice, Neil. I'm glad we're doing this. Right, exactly. Mommy yeah, this feels better today. Yeah. Jeez. So listen, we're if in I'm a little booth and it's really dark in here. <laughs> if I'm sitting in Boise right now and I uh, didn't have the luxury of being able to listen to Aaron and Mike in the morning. Give me sort of a brief timeline of what brought you to the, what I will just label as the ridiculous hours of a morning radio host. Because I mean, Mike, I remember listening to you as a solo act in the afternoons mm -hmm. and, and uh, Aaron, I don't, I honestly, and I could have simply just Googled this and made myself sound smarter, but I, I you know, everybody that listens <laughs> to the show knows better by now. I don't remember a time when you weren't on the radio in the morning. Well, yeah, my story will be short and sweet, and Mike has a much different kind of a clock story. Uh, so mine basically is, yeah, from the time I was uh, 18, I've been doing mornings. And um, so that's it. Always, always, always the crack of stupid, as we call it, getting up at 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock, depending on geography and, and the time of the show starts. So, yes, always mornings for me. And, uh, yeah, Mike, we were talking about your shifts just the other day. Yeah, I, I did an afternoon drive for the longest time and but I really had uh, really more to say I wanted to uh, enter the morning show um, forum and uh, I knew I had something to offer but most times they they want you to team up with uh, with somebody and and by chance I I hooked up with a traffic reporter uh, and her name was uh, Christine Cardoso, and she's just a doll, and she still works at uh, CHFI. Yeah. Well, no, we were back at Easy Rock at, at the time, another radio station in Toronto. And uh, the, the, the original host, uh, Terry Michael, went away on vacation for two weeks. And uh, the, the traffic reporter, Christine Cardoso, um, she uh, sat in as a co-host. Uh, we had tremendous chemistry. And then a consultant was listening and said, there's your morning show. Oh. So then um, Aaron and uh, and who was your, I'm sorry, your co-host uh, at uh, CHFI. Uh, uh, at that time, it was Bob McGee. Uh, Bob McGee. Yeah. And so they were they ruled the roost. Uh, and uh, Christine and I were just chipping away, chipping away in the mornings. And finally, we beat uh, Aaron in the in the morning. And so sh for me, she was always the enemy. And then Christine went on maternity leave. Uh, they needed somebody to help me out in the mornings, and uh, you had gotten fired. I had gotten fired, and I was I was plunked in while Christine was away. So it, it that awful cycle continued. 
And uh, yeah, uh, CHFI was looking in the rearview mirror too much at that time and not looking ahead. And so when they decided to scrap the morning show that I was part of, I was on the beach for a year, um, figuratively speaking, it's a saying that we use in radio when you're canned, had a year off that I had to stay off the air. And in the second year, uh, sat down across from Mike and uh, the chemistry was absolutely instantaneous. And, uh, and we just held on for the ride. And then CHFI invited me back and I said, only if Cooper comes with me. And then we went to number one. So, I mean, Aaron had the, and I'm going to put these in air quotes, luxury of being in mornings right out of the gate. But Mike, for you, when someone first suggested the idea of doing mornings to you, did the hours even occur to you when you first heard it? Or did you just think about the platform and the time slot and how that's yeah. prime time for radio and the, and I'll figure out the sleep thing later? Yeah, I, I was prime time. I needed uh, more money too. I had a, you know, a couple of kids and, uh, and back then radio paid really well. I'm not so sure if it does anymore, but uh, I mean, Aaron and I took most of the money. I remember that, but. Uh, <laughs> so you pursued mornings. You, yeah. you went after it. That was the, that was the, the ring. I, I did because I thought I had more to say and more to offer. I didn't know I was going to get teamed up with somebody. I thought I could do it alone. But you really, um, not, that's 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 easier than it sounds, more difficult than it sounds. Oh, is it ever? So, uh, and, uh, you know, I was a rock jock, and so I'm used to 15-second vocals and five-second back cells. And now you want me to talk content, families, things that everybody can relate to, okay, I might need a little help here. Yeah, talking about yourself and your feelings and your experiences and those that relate to the audience rather than, you know, what's Rod Stewart up to or, or what have the Spice Girls done? Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. really, who cares who the bass player was on that song? And you'll hear a lot of jocks. I used to hear an afternoon guy who was went on for years, but he would say, yeah, and the drummer on that song, like, who cares? <laughs> Tell me if my kids are going to need gloves tomorrow, you know? And also what Erin could do, excuse me, what Erin could do that I couldn't do, she was more uh, worldly. So she was in news when she first started out. So she had a great background. Like you could give her uh, a newscast and she and she did it many times, actually, when yeah. things went wrong. Uh, you would do the uh, the newscast. Well, I couldn't. For one, I'm dyslexic, so I have I can't read cold copy. I have to study it, virtually memorize it. And then ultimately say it. And when I get lost, I start making stuff up. <laughs> yeah, there's so a lot of that. <laughs> I couldn't be a newsman. <laughs> oh. So, so talk to me about what your morning routines were like then, because I mean, for for you, Aaron, there wasn't an adjustment. It wasn't where suddenly somebody came to you and said, "Hey, by the way." You're about to embrace a life where your alarm goes off at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, good luck rolling with those changes, like I'm sure must have been for Mike. But so for the two of you, talk to me about your morning routine, because I think a lot of people will just flip on whether it's the radio or the TV in the morning or whatnot. And and don't really stop to think about the person that they're listening to. And and it's not like you just rolled out of bed and grabbed the microphone. I mean, you know, we're seeing footage of Al Roker who's showing up at the Today Show studios at like 3.30 in the morning. And by the time he gets there, he's already been to the gym. He's already cooked breakfast. He's already done all this stuff. 
what was your routine like? Were you were you nappers? Did you go to bed early? Did you stop mm-hmm. watching Carson? How did that all work? Oh wow! Uh, for me, it was a split shift. I would uh, I would go to bed at ten at night, get up at three thirty or four o'clock. But there had to be a two to three hour nap mm-hmm. during the day. There was no such thing as half an hour or one hour, or I felt worse. So my sleep was everything. And if I didn't get a nap, boy howdy, I had to be in bed by seven or eight o'clock at night. And I I laughed, Neil, watching the morning show. You know where Jennifer Aniston or or any of the characters get picked up by their cars and they're they're brought straight to the TV station and then they get to go into makeup, I would always, always do my makeup and look TV presentable. And of course, in the age of internet and stuff and, uh, you know, Instagram, that became more and more important. You just couldn't show up looking, you know, like you'd just gotten out of bed, which you had. So that all changed. You had to be TV pretty every day. Um, And one really, really nice thing is that my husband, Rob, um, would get up with me at that crazy hour bring me an espresso. There would be coffee when I got out of the shower and, uh, and then he would walk me or drive me to work. So, um, that was the latter half of my career. Before that, I would get up and pat around in the dark and go off to work like everybody else, because of course we had a small child at home. But, uh, later on it was truly a team effort and we got to nap together too. So anytime you can go to bed twice a day and sleep next to the person that you love, it's, it's, it's a good thing. And to be on the same schedule too, that's what my tender morsel of passion fruit and I did for over 10 years. We just, you know, instead of somebody being up, Debbie being up during the course of the day and then, you know, noises and vacuuming Mm. and whatever, you know, goes on during the course of the day, uh, we chose to have a a, a snooze together. She would get up and listen to the morning show. So we are on the same time. That really, really kind of helped. If you're going to get up at the crack of stupid, it's better to be on the same schedule than separate schedules. Yeah. Misery loves company. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) And, you know, it's unfortunate, Neil, because we have met and known people for whom the morning hours are a fight every single day. And I think, dear God, if that's the way you're getting out of bed, you know, first off, you don't want to be up or your partner doesn't want you to be up. It's just, oh, that that must be just awful because it's hard enough being cheery at that hour sure. anyway. I always look forward to getting up. I have to admit that I couldn't wait to get on uh, the radio. I would get uh, there a little bit uh, earlier than Aaron. We lived in the uh, in a condo ac- mm-hmm. across from the radio station, so we would walk across the street. It was, it was I great. Mean, Aaron could hit the road running. She was already uh, had knowledge and about what was going to happen during the course of the show uh, where I needed to come in a lot earlier earlier and be prepped by the boys. We were blessed to have two producers mm. who are our dear friends, Gord Rennie and uh, Ian uh, MacArthur. And uh, these guys had it all ready. And, and just these were all thought starters and we could yeah. use it or we could change it. We could do whatever we want. But we were ready. Yeah. No right. one ever wrote for us. There are plenty of morning shows where they had a gag man or a writer or mm-hmm. whatever. But Mike and I didn't. And the advent of the Internet was so beautiful because I could wake up, have that coffee and just be scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and sending um, things to our producer and saying, can we get a clip of this or finding stuff that that might be fun to talk about. So right away, the moment you open your eyes, you've got you've got show prep right in your lap. And, you know, it's weird, Neil, because uh, I'm semi retired. I still do my uh, Saturday night uh, oldie show on uh, CHFI uh, uh, six to midnight and um, (laughs) the uh, the most most listened to radio show in North America. But I uh, in history. So that's what they tell me. (laughs) 
but uh, uh-huh. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong uh-huh. uh, about that. Uh, but I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, so I still to this day, being semi-retired, still wake up at four thinking radio, thinking radio bits, thinking uh, I got to get up and I got to do the show. And I can't get that out of my head. It's the craziest thing. And I start to get like palpitations, like uh, I'm excited. I, I, I got to go. And then I talk myself down saying, Cooper, sit down, just relax. You're not going to work anymore. It's over. Neil, ask me what I do when I wake up at four o'clock in the morning. What do you do when you wake up at four o'clock in the morning, Aaron? Funny, you should ask. Um, I, uh, I, I, I look at the clock and I say a silent and not so silent thank you and go back to sleep until eight or nine. I am so embracing every second of sleep that I promised myself every morning since I was 18. Well, see, that's the thing, too, is I've been told... And I mean, I've been doing um, morning shows at various places for 30 years now. And I was told pretty early on, somebody said to me, look, once you start this shift, that's your body clock from now on. You will never shift back to where you were. And it sounds like you're both coming at that from opposite ends of the answer to that question. Well, what you heard, though, is probably 90 percent of the men I've worked with. Uh, and that would include, you know, Don Daynard back in the day, he would get up crazy early on weekends. And honestly, while you're working, it's much more gentle on your clock, your body clock than what I would do is Friday night, go hard, you know, watch Bill Maher and then stay up and catch up on the week's, uh, uh, shows that we've missed. And then Saturday night, stay up for SNL until it was over at one. And then the years that were the toughest though, was when I was in an 11 piece rock tribute band, we would be tearing down at 3 a.m. Sunday, and then I would have to get up at 3 a.m. Monday. Oh, so, no. yeah, the body clock was massively messed up at that time, too. But, yeah, most of the people that I've worked with do indeed keep the early hours. Did you ever have a stretch at any point where, for whatever reason, sleep just didn't come? It just didn't show up? Well, I'm victim of that now. Um, you may not know, um, uh, last year my uh, wife passed away with uh, colon cancer so for the she she fought um courageously Mm. oh my gosh for five years with stage four cancer and so things got the last two years things got weird i i would wake up continually and 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 hear her you know and just the sounds and you know her getting up to go to the bathroom and wondering if she was okay i still am disturbed by that and i still listen for her believe Mm. it or not it's it's it's, like a ptsd like post-traumatic stress you're you're still feeling that i thought it was uh, some sort of uh, disease of the (laughs) groin no no, sorry (laughs) whether you had one of those i'm sure debbie won't have anything to do with that oh god See, there's what we do. We do. Neil. We take the most tragic things and then turn it around so that people can feel okay to laugh about it. Because if you don't laugh, you're just yeah. going to die in this brutal life. And and uh, you we've know, done that to, uh, just yeah, over the, the last of couple of days. You know, yeah. we laughed and cried together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. As for sleep problems for me, um, being a woman of a certain age, there's this thing called menopause, and there was no way that I was going to be going through what other women older than I were who who talked about it were going to go through, which was 
was the sleeplessness. And I was like, no, no way. Nobody is messing with my sleep when I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning. So I went on hormone replacement therapy, which um, turns out now is not working out for me. And uh, that's that's fine. I can deal with it in other ways. Tryptophan is a wonderful thing. And I can say this. It's not a drug. It's not anything I'm endorsing. It's a it's an enzyme. And you can get it prescribed or you can get it in uh, in different um, formulas uh, from your from your health food store. It is a natural enzyme. You find it in turkey and bananas and warm milk. And uh, for I had a friend with anxiety who visited over Christmas and he he took them instead of a lorazepam. And it just it really kind of calmed him. So if you can find something natural, melatonin or or, you know, any of the uh, wine. No, oh, that's mine. No, no, I, oh, I managed that for several years, too, which was not a good idea. But, uh, yeah, if you can find something natural to help you sleep, then by all means, try them all. Well, and that's and that's, I mean, part of the interesting journey that I'm on and, and why this whole book project and podcast that goes along with it, why it all exists is because I was ready to write off 30 years of insomnia as just, well, it's because I work in morning radio and uh, morning television. And that's, you know, that's just hell. It's part of that package. Right. And then I start digging a little deeper and I start finding out all these other wonderful things. It's, oh, no, uh, you have uh, restless leg syndrome and periodic limb movement disorder that's caused by your PTSD that goes back to what happened to you when you were six years old. And so really, you haven't really been sleeping since you were about six and all these different different uh, various and sundry things because the sort of the one thing that I wanted to come back around to and it's interesting when you Aaron you say um, uh, melatonin and things like that that's sort of the journey for me starting now is that you know the first I don't know dozen maybe 15 episodes of this show were about let's talk to the neuroscientists, let's talk to the sleep experts, let's figure out what the cutting edge research is and see where I am and then figure out, okay, so what's going to be the thing that works for me? And and maybe because there are 100 million people in North America that can't sleep, maybe at some point the thing that I stumble across, mm. maybe it helps them or maybe – I help them avoid something that they were going to go in and waste a bunch of time and money on. Like if you go and you look at, for example, the sleep subreddit on the Internet or if you look at any of the discussion groups on Facebook or whatever, you'll hear people that will, for example, hear Mike make a reference to, no, no, have a bunch of wine, but they won't get that as the joke. They'll think, no, no, actually, that's probably something I should try, which then that just sends you down a whole road, not only from a sleep perspective, but all kinds of other Pandora's boxes that that opens. Yeah. End up in the rabbit hole and you don't want to fall into that. No, I I like a good wine induced to sleep every once in a while, but it it, it really messes with your dreams and it really does mess with your sleep. And you wake up. Yeah. And how fast you can kind of catch up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, There is something that that people listening could be screaming right now saying, say meditation, meditation, meditation. And that is so important. Conscious breathing meditation, and I have an app that I just I just adore, and I won't I won't name it because people will you know you can find your own, um, but it tells stories at night, and I listen to I listen to 
fairy tales or I listen to uh, let's let's go through the fjords or, you know, a trip down the Nile. And someone with a beautiful speaking voice is reading me a story and I'm dri- drifting so, off to so sleep. Does it kind of sound like that? Oh, well, there's an yeah. Alan Scalar who uh, sounds like does that. Does he get yes. better than me? Is he, well, is, I don't know. What does you he do. sound good looking? You, uh, I am both. I know, but you haven't told me a story in bed. You're always uh, asleep before me and we've never shared a bed. Well, and you're not going to believe the story anyway. So, because <laughs> there it'll be laced with exaggeration and profanity. <laughs> <laughs> I, now, you, now that you've thrown it out there, I have to ask: is the is the app you're talking about calm? Yes. Yeah, people swear yes. by that one. The, the one that's big calm. in our house is ten uh, percent happier, which is, uh, oh. is from Dan Harris from ABC News. He does uh, Good Morning America on the weekends, but also started down this whole meditation path because, and you both might remember this story, two thousand and three, I want to say. He was doing the news one morning on Good Morning America and had a full-blown panic attack on the air. Um, wow. Yeah. If you Google, and, and Dan loves telling this story, if you Google live on-air panic attack, there's Dan. Oh. Uh, no matter where you are in the world and what your browser history is, he comes up. And then oh. that incident led him down this road where he discovered meditation and started his own meditation app. And there's a whole sleep section in there as well. But there are a variety of, of different sleep apps and and different things that people can use is there something that has always been your go-to i mean i know as we all get older and we all mm. experiment with different things and find our eventual sweet spot uh is there something and and i'll get an answer from both of you is there some for example mike so what was your go-to what was your thing rather than just get into sleep hygiene which may have been your thing Solve problems. Uh, I, I am an avid builder. I could build you a house, and and I would, if I have a project, I would, uh, I would close my eyes and go through the project, go through the angles, go through the structure, go how, go to everything about building or 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 the mm-hmm. project in mind, and that would just tire out my brain and put me to sleep. That was that's the only. I would exhaust myself thinking. But the weird thing is I'm 10 years older than Aaron is that I require less sleep now for some bizarre reason. I, I only require six hours and I'm, I'm up at the crack of stupid once again, ready to meet the day. And and I don't know why that is, but I'm okay with it. I, I kind of get excited when I see the, you know, the the morning sun. (laughs) I'm a terrible host, Neil. Mike wakes up in our house and we've left him a Keurig and a breakfast bar. It's like, (laughs) we'll be up when we're up. It's like being a parent again, you know, there's your cereal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, God. Aaron, is there a specific go-to? Well, um, before tryptophan, I'll tell you what I did. Mike with his building and me with my words. I would say the alphabet backwards. Do it. Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K. Anyway, it goes like that. And I would just, just because it's not something that I could um, predict and it's kind of mindless and, and, and it's just, you know, going backwards through the alphabet. So go figure. That's how my crazy brain is wired. Okay, so now I have to try both of these. You realize that. Now you're going to have yeah. me learn learning the alphabet backwards because Aaron Davis said it would work. 
Well, don't take my word for it, Neil. Jeepers. I mean, oh, whatever works for everybody, right? But honestly, the meditation, sometimes I just, I'm lying there going, why can't I sleep? And then I go, oh, relax your shoulders. What are you, like, I'm bracing for something. And and so, and half the time I was right, you know, Rob. Anyway, yeah. um, so, uh, it, you know, it's just... It, Whatever, just t- be mindful of what your body is is doing right now, and and concentrate on it. Listen to your heartbeat, and start with your toes, and move your way up the body, relaxing this, relaxing that. It really, it really does work. And oh, never underestimate the power of good earplugs. I oh, earplugs have been my friend for years, especially trying to nap during the day on a very busy Toronto street, not actually on the street. I was in the condo, but you know, nobody cares about the shift workers who are sleeping. So invest in some good headgear. See, I couldn't do that because I had to listen for Debbie all the time. Mm, I always yep. had to listen. And also, you know, being, you know, the master of the house, I, I live <laughs> in a house uh, at uh, in Northern Ontario now in the Peterborough area or Northeast. <laughs> and and um, uh, I, I like to hear the house move. Mm-hmm. I like to hear the, like the furnace come on. I, I, I like to hear if the sub pump came on and, and, you know, Debbie didn't care about that stuff. I mean, she just, nope. she never looked behind her once to see if somebody was behind her as long as she was with me. Right. So mm-hmm. she was always, always comfortable. So she could wear, you know, the earplugs and, and, and the mask, the black mask. But I, I couldn't in case somebody came into the bedroom and I had to tackle them. Uh, you didn't take that <laughs> mask thing personally? Oh, not in Lily. Oh, okay. no, you know, I know oh. lots of women would want to wake up and see you. I used to mess with her a bit, but, you know, that, that's probably another show. <laughs> Here's the mask singer for you. Oh, oh boy. Man. Take oh. off the mask. Take off the mask. <laughs> I I can't tell you uh, what a treat this was uh, to be able to sit and chat with the two of you. Um, I now I have to go and learn the backwards alphabet, and uh, apparently yeah. be ready to tackle random people in my bedroom at night. Um, but I <laughs> I appreciate the time and the advice and the perspective. I, I'm going to go and dutifully try both things and kind of keep everyone updated on, on whether backwards alphabet might have helped for me. Because right now, my Fitbit tells me it takes me a very long time to fall asleep at night. Who knows? Maybe that's the thing that'll Aww. help. Um, yeah, Aaron, you're turning off your devices long before you go to sleep, right, mm-hmm. Neil? Nothing, oh, yeah. nothing uh, that's... Uh-huh. No, that's the frustrating oh, thing, right? Is it and and that's why I think why frust why sleep is so frustrating for so many people is because look, yeah. there's there's seven billion of us on the planet and every single one of us sleeps. And so you'd figure it would be easier. And I think most people just figure I'll go until I can't stay awake anymore and Bob's your uncle. I'm done. Nope, it's not yeah. that easy. Yeah. 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 It's so hard to shut down. And that's that's where my question came from was my own thing, you know, just getting down the rabbit hole of New York Times articles, Washington Post. What's going on? You know, uh, I wish you luck. We wish you luck. It's torture. It's like back pain. There's you just can't live with it. And you sure can't live without sleep. Nice talking to you, little brother. <laughs> I, I can't thank you both enough for the time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, thanks for giving us a chance to be on a mic again. We we enjoy it far too much. We miss it, actually. <laughs> I mean, we really do. There you go. Aaron Davis and Mike Cooper, a couple of morning radio legends who were absolutely at the top of the industry for about a decade. And the industry misses them. I tell you what, if you are interested in the work that we're doing here and would like to support it, here is the easiest way for you to go about it. A website called buymeacoffee.com. In fact, you want to go to buymeacoffee.com slash snooze. It's that easy. And then you can uh, literally 
buy me a coffee. Yeah, which because I'm trying to kick coffee because it messes with my sleep, uh, I'll end up turning that towards some of the hard costs involved in putting a show like this together and keeping it afloat. Also, another way that you can help that won't cost you a thing is if you go to this website, ratethispodcast.com slash snooze. Ratethispodcast.com slash snooze. Because if you know anything about podcasts and podcasters, you know that uh, all the reviews we can get our hands on, particularly the positive ones, uh, do nothing but spread the word and get it out to others that this might be something they might be interested in. And especially as we are trying to lead the charge toward helping people be healthier by virtue of getting better sleep. This is the kind of thing that makes it easy for a lot of people to get behind. Next week on the show, very excited. Um, We get an answer to the question, how do you fall asleep in a foxhole? From probably one of the all-time biggest influencers on how they train the men and women of the Marine Corps. That coming up on next week's episode of The Snooze Button. Till then, my name's Neil Headley. Hey, Get some sleep, would you?